Welcome to the Love Society or the Self Love Society. This is the podcast for people who are on the journey of self discovery and wellness with a dash of foolishness sprinkled on top. This is a safe place to learn, laugh, and discover your own individual path. Hey guys, welcome back to another fabulous self care Sunday. Fabulous. We are so glad to see you guys back here with us once again for another. Um, session. Yes. Um, my name is Inkiro, the love guru. And my name is Tony Yellen, licensed professional counselor extraordinaire. Yes, right. Accolades, accolades. Speaking into existence. Yes, yes. Exist. It, it manifested. Exists, huh? Manifest. That already was, that's manifested. That's the word. That's the yes. word. Yes. Manifested. <laughs> so, uh, it's been another week, uh, another week, another challenge, another set of challenges, mm-hmm. another, uh, seven days we were blessed with. So, uh, we gonna yes. talk about it. Yes. First and foremost. How you doing, T? Ooh, how am I doing? Yeah. You know what? I have no idea. <laughs> we switch places every week. Last week, I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. I got it's so many different things in my mind. It, it, it leaves me sitting, sitting still. But um, I'm doing okay. I am... I think I'm in a place of self-reflection and self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm being challenged in certain areas, and it's making me lean on the work that I've done on myself over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's making me have to use the tools that I've acquired. Oh, final and, exam time. Yeah, it's like the final exam time, or maybe it's just the chapter test, because, you know, the test isn't necessarily over, you know, where I'm supposed to be, like, I feel like God is testing me with some similar things that I've been through in my past. And he's seeing if I'm going to make the right decision this time. Mm-hmm. And so I am really leaning on that. Um, I'm also just remembering who I am and who I'm trying to become. Um, just doing some reassessments of what do I want in life and what am I willing to, what am I willing to, to go through and what I'm not willing to go through. Mm-hmm. Just, just kind of doing like a reassessment of where I'm at and who I am. Yeah. Um, just uh, been en- really enjoying my time with my children and um, just being able to observe them and see them grow. Um, this it's just a blessing to be a it's it's a blessing to be a father. Um, yes. I because I don't know. I guess me and my background, like being a father, was always something I aspired to be. And I, when I had my first child, um, it was just like a huge step for me. And I just knew that this is what this is was was what I was meant to be. Yeah. And so I take that very serious. And so even in my dealings with my kids, I'm always just very observant of them, um, mm-hmm. very just intentional about how I parent them. Um, I, I did a podcast with my friend. Uh, I saw that. Quan, uh, he does the Fatherhood podcast over I there. I saw that. Um, that was a whole lot Shout of fun. Shout out to Quan. Y'all go check out his podcast yes. and listen to the episode. Yep. Fatherhood and, and podcast. And follow him. You know, don't just listen to T's episode. Listen to all of them. Yeah, he, he has a lot of, I love what he's doing with just highlighting fatherhood and from men, from black men who come from different industries. Yes. Um, no, he had a pastor on, he had a, a, college, a, a professional basketball player who uh, went to college with us. Um, mm. And he had me on recently. He also had a guy who um, 
was disabled, sort of. Oh, wow. Um, so he talked about fatherhood. And That's so, dope. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, definitely check out his podcast. But I had a lot of fun doing that this week, um, which just kind of, I don't know, just I feel like these things that I've been involved in lately have been kind of filling me up. I feel like I've been being, Feeling I feel like the cup. universe is pouring into me right now. Well, this uh, this is all the things that you have manifested that you yeah. wanted. Yeah, and they're so. all coming into fruition. So yes, mm-hmm. yeah. How about you? How you doing? I'm doing a whole <laughs> lot better than la- let me tell y'all something. Last week, I just want to apologize to everybody out front because I was doing shit. <laughs> I was not doing great at all. What's that mean? Where that girl sitting up and she looked like. She don't know what's going on. She just like what's, what's what, rocking in the chair. Yes. Yeah, that was you. What's uh? What's the uh? My girl. What's her name? Is it a key? Not a key to me. The one who keeps saying she got the meme and she was like, I wouldn't know a thing if it came. Oh, Kiki Palmer. That that she that's got, how I felt last week. that man. I, I don't know that man. <laughs> he walked up to me. <laughs> I wouldn't know a thing. That's how I feel all last week. <laughs> No, what was going on? Everything was so like, what the heck? Yeah. This week is so much better. I feel, I feel you on that whole God presenting you with things and seeing how you're gonna react. I felt like I was presented with a major final exam type test mm. for me, um, and my personality and what I'm trying to cultivate for myself. I think I pass. I okay. think I at least got a B. There we go. Not just a C. I think I. I think guys said I. Right. You ain't ace it, but you know. Yeah, you got. You did pretty good. I don't think I aced it because my attitude wasn't there. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just being all. They lost a couple of points. You know, I definitely <laughs> lost a point in the attitude department because my attitude was. Yeah, I remember y'all was here last week. My attitude was in the toilet. Mm-hmm. My attitude was not in the best place, but. um execution and um um applying what i've learned i think that i did those things well and i think that gave me a b Mm. so i'm very i and and doing what i knew that i needed to do even though it was difficult for me emotionally to do Mm. felt good it felt good to say I did that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that felt so good for me. And I don't know. I've been on the high mm-hmm. since then. I've been yeah. like, Ooh. sometimes we have these things that like we, we get faced with these challenges that kind of scare us a it's little so bit. so daunting. And then we think that, Oh, I can't do it. And then when we do it, it's like, that wasn't so bad. They're so daunting. And then you become depressed mm-hmm. and you put, you place, you place this depression upon yourself. Whether it, whether you think it's whether you think it's you placing it or not, mm-hmm. you really are, and you know that you're placing it upon yourself because after you complete the task, it dissipates, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh well. It's like a weight lifted off. It's like that kid. You ever see that meme with that kid, and he's got his his arm stuck in the jar or something, and he's like hollering, ah! and his mom just pulls his arm out, and he looks at it, and he puts his arm back in, and he goes, ah! it's like. You're doing this to yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like you keep doing. You don't want you are not your stuck in this jar. You are not stuck in this jar. You are. You have plenty of room to take your arm out, but you just uh, want to be in this jar. Some people are addicted to chaos. Yes, and they don't feel comfortable when things are at peace because they don't know how to act. When yeah. and it's 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 a wonderful thing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. When things when if you are a person that. And if you're black, unfortunately, this is uh-huh. 
kind of a shared um, experience for us to where we 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 know how to function in a certain amount of of chaos. Mm-hmm. We have a built-in amount of resilience as a people, period, mm-hmm. just because of the obstacles that are given to us. You know, it's like getting a bad space in off the, off the rip. But we know how to play with that mug. You know, we know how to we know how to play with this space in. We know how to make some of these hearts and diamonds walk. We know how to club it up. We know how to we know how to make some books. You know, I don't play space. I don't know what you're talking about. We know how to I declare war it up. Like, shoot, face ten, I don't know what to tell you. But uh we know how to we know how to make the best of any situation without all of the necessary amenities that other people might necessarily get. So with that being said, we function well in that. Yeah. But when what do you do when you have all the amenities? You know what I mean? Yeah. Now that sometimes we get the amenities and we're like Okay, I don't I don't know how to function in this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm normally I have to fight through this and I have to fight through that. Some people some people shy away from that. If things are too normal or it's too stable, they're like, nah. Yeah. I ain't finna you fool with it. So mm-hmm. it's like instead of assuming that it is, I don't know, a stable thing, they automatically assume there's some sort of catch to this. There's some yeah. sort of something. I, I think wrong. that too. Yeah. I think it's like it's when you're used to chaos and yep. then you get put in a position where things are at peace, you have it's like your your anxiety heightens because you're like, okay, when is the when, when is, is the other gonna foot drop? gonna drop? Yeah, yes. when is the other foot gonna come down? Because I'm I'm not used to this level of peace, and so I can't even get comfortable because I'm so used to chaos. And I just want to see something because yeah, if I can see something, then I can be like, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's but, like when it's so smooth, you just like, Bruh. yeah, yeah. And for me, it was like, things was chill. You know what I mean? It was a minor level of chaos. I wouldn't even call it chaos. I guess I would say um, a minor level of inconvenience Mm -hmm. for my particular situation. But even though it was a minor level of inconvenience, I was placed in a situation to where it was like, okay, how are you going to deal with this minor inconvenience? Now, if I'm in chaos, I'm already in chaos, and it's a minor inconvenience, it's easy for me to deal with the thing because I'd be like, I already got a lot going on anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't need this little minor right. <laughs> It's so easy to say that because I got all of this going on anyway. But when you don't have all of this going on yeah. and that minor inconvenience, how do you deal with that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you let it? Do you let it ride because it's minor? Or do you be like, this is not something I would typically deal with? Hmm. And that was a test I had to really sit and be honest with myself about and be like, are you dealing with this because everything else is Gucci? Or are you not dealing with it because you want to have some level of chaos in your life? Hmm. That's a very deep self-reflecting question. Listen, why do you think last week I was I was in a glass case of emotions? Mm-hmm. Put in the comments if you know what movie that's from. Glass case of emotions. Yes. I don't know what that's from. How do you not I, know which movie I, that is? I don't know. I probably a, never saw it. I'm in a. You've seen this. I have. You have too. I've. Okay. Well. I'm uh, in a glass case of emotion. Is that from uh? What's the cartoon movie with the emotions? No. No. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's older than that. Okay. Well, if you all have heard of this movie, put it in the comment <laughs> section. Let a brother know because I am lost. I, I actually, I relate to you. Um, because I feel like this week is a rem- has reminded me of 
the importance of processing yeah. your your thoughts because sometimes we feel like I, I I come across people all the time who are like okay I'm gonna deal with this one time and that's it like no sometimes and when you're processing mm. you have to constantly go over right. it over and over again I've had the same conversation this week with <laughs> like shoot talking to you yeah. We've had it probably two or three times. I think we did have like yeah, three times this I week. I had the same conversation <laughs> with with other friends. And I'm like, I had to have the same conversation. Like, why do I keep, I got to talk about this again because I'm something, I'm I'm still figuring it out. And then it got to a point where I was like, okay, all right, I'm good. This is what but it is. But sometimes you got to talk about something over and over again, even though yeah. it seems like, why do I keep thinking about this? You got to process it because it's some. it's kind of like, Oh, we go get spiritual a little bit. Hey, it's kind of like read, it's kind of like reading the Bible a little bit. Like it is every time you read the Bible, you're gonna get something different. Yes, you are. Like you're gonna it, something is gonna hit you differently than you read it the first time because you're different. The first you're different than where you were the first time. Yeah, and that's the reason why it hits you differently. The first time you read it, you were one person. As you grow, whether it's a day later, mm-hmm. fourteen minutes later, you are a completely yeah. different person. Second time that you read it, mm-hmm. it that's why it hits you differently every yeah. time. Yeah, and so I, that's how I kind of felt this week where the com- the conversation I kept having. I was like, okay, I was getting something different each time, and it was able, it was helping me to be able to put together the puzzle that I was trying to figure out. Yes, you know, for myself. A lot of times, you ever watch that, like when you're downloading a file. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you download a file and it goes zoop, and then it be a hundred percent, and sometimes it goes. Yeah, it go piece by piece. You be like, Ugh. some, but even though it's going piece by piece, it's still going to get you mm-hmm. the same result. Exactly. Sometimes you get situations in which it will zip through and it'll give you the download immediately. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a while to receive the download. Yeah. And normally when it takes a while to receive the download, it's because it's a bigger thing yeah. or a bigger choice yeah. that has to be made. It's a bigger size. So when it's mm-hmm. a larger file, it takes a little bit longer. So when you are having to process longer or think longer it is normally because this is a pivoting moment in your life Mm -hmm. and you need to take i'm sorry i forget spirit again spiritual but god (laughs) spirit whoever you want i mean fit nobody but Mm -hmm. god is trying to slow you down to make sure that you are taking time out to get everything you need in this download because if you just be like okay done you only got 47 percent of the file that's not gonna open up you know what i mean you need the whole 100 percent. and sometimes god needs to slow you down in order for you to get the full download yeah and that's all that it needs exactly. and that's because it's a big thing you know what i mean when it's small god gets you like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean oh that's nothing you know what i mean yeah just, just that but when right. it's when it's bigger Sometimes God has to slow you down a bit and say, okay, take a minute, mm-hmm. think about this. Let's process this. Let's let it load and boot up and download. Let's let it let's let it completely transfer mm-hmm. into my mind what is going on. Right. Before I open up and give an answer. That is true. That is true. Because right. if I open up at 47%, my answer may not be accurate based off of all the data. Mm-hmm. Had I had I had decided what my thought process was going to be, or decided what I was going to do based on the first time I had a conversation, it would have been totally different than what I came to after I had it a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, and so yeah, I, I'm. It just reminded me this week of just like just the idea of processing, and it's important to have people in your life that you can talk to. 
Like, make sure that you have a network of people. Some sort of that, circle. Yeah, something, a, sort, a, a group of people who you know will allow you to process things. They won't denigrate you. They won't look down on you. You want to make sure that you have a great support system because it's when you reach those pivotal moments in your life yeah. that if you don't have those people, like, you can be lost. Can I add something to that? Sure. As you are trying to develop your support system, I would encourage you to try to make your support system as eclectic as possible. Mm -hmm. Your support system should not just be... Like-minded individuals. Or just a group of your homegirls. Mm -hmm. Find you a family member that you can talk to. Find you somebody who is, I don't know, of a different age than yeah. you that you can talk to. Who thinks from a different perspective. Different gender than what you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so that way you can look at that situation from all different points of view. Yeah. Because if everyone thinks like you, looks at the world the way that you are, then all it is doing, it's not it's not a different perspective as much as it is just is a magnifying glass yeah. from your perspective. all Or a megaphone from your vantage point it's just yeah. echoing the same thing that you already are seeing you know what you're seeing yeah you're missing you need, out on a total picture yeah you need to see what other people are seeing if mm -hmm. you're looking if you're trying to describe if you're trying to uh, have you ever heard the analogy about i think it was like five blind men okay. and they were trying to uh give um a description of a um elephant okay so you have one that was on the tail, one that was on the leg, one that was on the trunk, one that was touching the tusk, and one that was touching the body of the elephant. And they were all giving different descriptions of what an elephant is. So the one that was on the body was like, oh, it's like a wall, like just strong and like a wall. Mm -hmm. The one that was on the trunk was like, Oh, it's like flexible, like a snake. That's what an elephant okay. is. And the one that was on the tusk was like, oh, it's like pointy, like mm -hmm. a, you know, a porcupine. It's like a prickly thing. The one that was on the tail was like, oh, it's slender. And, you know, and it's like, yes, an elephant or all of those things. Yes, all of that. But if you, that's kind of the analogy of looking at something from only your perspective. Mm -hmm. I can say, yes, an elephant is like a wall, but an elephant can, does have parts of it that's like a snake and parts of it that's slender and even parts of it that's floppy like the ears mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. But when you are creating a diversified circle of people, who can give you perspective from all different points of view, then it, they they can tell you about the tail. They yeah. can tell you about the nose. They can, t I mean, the uh, trunk. Yeah. They can tell you about all different parts, and then you can take all those parts, mm. bring them together, and get a, and then say, okay. Have a better sense of what you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, and then have a better way to describe it, what an elephant is. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, well, I'm just going to go off of what I know, and then that just be what it is. Yeah. You may be right, but only partially because you only have part of the picture. True. That's a good point. That is a really good point. I like that. Did you Did I what? have a chance to see the new trailer for the movie American Skin? American Skin. Is this the one about um um Fred Hampton? No, I do want I don't know remember was it called Black Jesus or something like that? I think so. Something like that. I kind of want to see that. Because I've never seen anything about the Black Panther Party before. Yeah. I don't know much about the Black Panther Party. I know a little bit about and so Fred I kind I would love to learn more about that. Um, 
But this new American Skin movie, it centers around a, a father who lost his son. He witnessed his son being shot and killed by a police officer, right? Un, you know, un, you know, unlawfully, unfairly, yeah, you know, whatever. And it looks like in the trailer they go and take over a police station, and they are like him and a group of people, a group of black men, go to get revenge on the police station. What? <clears throat> and so I saw a lot of people um, posting it and talking about how they can't wait to see it. And so I was I'm like, okay, what is this about? You know, it has a, a Nate Parker, the guy oh, who, yeah. who did, who the did Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. He was in The Great Debaters. Yeah. Um, and I think he's in one other movie that I can't think of at the moment. Um, great actor. And I saw him as like the the front of the, the cover of the, the trailer. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be good. So I watched the trailer myself. <sighs> okay. So me give, personally. Give it to me straight. Me personally, I have written off all these black trauma entertainment. I'm sick of it. I it's so am triggering. so tired of movies about black people being centered around black trauma. It's so it, triggering. Yes. Like, and I, I get it. Like watching the trailer, I was like, okay, this looks exciting. looks entertaining to a certain degree, but it's still the same thing that I keep seeing. It's always centered around black struggle. Let me tell you something. This is why I miss love and basketball. This is why I miss best man, the wood, um, brown sugar, uh, this is what uh inkwell this is why i miss movies like that because it showed black people in a different kind of way like nowadays all it everything is somebody got killed by police black lives matter in some sort of way everything is the slavery same. slavery everything is the Civil same rights. thing and it's like ain't y'all tired well we shouldn't be tired we not no Ain't y'all tired of being in a constant state of battle? Like at some point we had to decompress. It is not healthy to be on a constant state of um, alertness. That's not even good for you in a, if you're trying to be battle ready, if that's your mentality or your mindset, that's not even good for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Nobody, no soldier just stays in soldier mode all day, never takes a nap. Yeah. No soldier is doing that. Yeah. You have to be, you have to, de- you have to decompress so that you can be some sort of good for whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. because. Yeah. I just be, I can't. Now I see, I know people who will say like, well, these stories need to be told because our, you know, our children and we need to know these stories. You know, what also needs to be told. I feel like there's nothing wrong with telling this story, but I feel like you should not tell this story. Unless you're going to tell, like these stories should come out after there has been a black version of every other genre before we come back to this one again. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. I gave you, um, I gave you a good example. Netflix did a really good job with this. Um, I think it was either this year or last year they put out um, a black, um, all black cast uh, show, uh, show. It did have some Black Lives Matter stuff in it. Like current event stuff. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. It's like everything has to have it in there now. But what I did like about it was it was it showed some other aspects of it. It wasn't just the surviving of the trauma aspect of it. 
it was a uh, a show uh, a movie called uh, See You Tomorrow. Okay. And it was about two little kids, well, three kids ultimately, but two black kids, black girl and black boy, who were science geniuses. You know what I mean? The scientists in me, I love this movie. Science geniuses, and they were like on track to get like scholarship and go oh. to college and all this other thing, and they created a machine to time travel. Okay. And so, um, spoiler alert, sorry guys, so. Is this the movie uh, Wrinkle Before Time or something? No. I didn't see that. That's a good movie, too. I need too. to see that. I so see this that. one, Wrinkle Before, uh, Wrinkle in Time is actually, it's more metaphysical. Okay. But, and it's more, Dis- it's a Disney situation. Okay. This right here, so what happened was they were just doing a science experience and, and experiment and actually time travel. Hmm. But and when they time travel, um, somebody got killed by the police. Okay, so and the person who got killed by the police was um, I, spoiler alert. Tell you again, the person who got killed by the police was the um, brother of the main character. So she spent time, kept trying to go back to switch it around and change, you know. This, yeah. And you know, back to the future. It's like a butterfly effect or something. Yeah, and you know, butterfly effect, back to the future, you know, every time you try to change timeline, like it affects changes, something yeah. else. And it was it was cool because I could deal with that because even though it had that situation, like, that was kind of the motive that yeah. she had, but it showed the science, which I thought was dope because when was the last time you seen a black, black movie about kids being great scientists? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like we don't tell, we always say these stories need to be told. Yes. And other stories need to be told too. Black love needs to be told. Black, mm-hmm. black scientists need to be told. Um, um, black friendship needs to be told, you know, um, um, black parenting needs to be, it's all kinds of stories that need to be told outside of the police shooting us. Yeah. That story is not, does not always, is not the only one that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right. such a it's such a um, polarizing effect to go into a movie theater or a movie situation, even if it's at home, you are you are immersing yourself with all of your senses into something. Yeah. So when we talk about, sorry guys, um, in the Bible it says guard your gates to your soul, so your eye gate, your ear gate, and your uh, mouth gate. You are mm. consuming. Everything that is on that screen at one time, yeah, and that's why you feel so heavy afterwards yeah. because you're consuming all that in your soul. You're connected to it, right? And it's so much, and it's just like that's why I, I don't like, know if I want to do that all the time. I, I mean, this is real life for me already. Yeah, that's why I never saw the. I've never to this day, and I probably never will. I never watched that when they see us documentary. That I still haven't on. seen it either. I can't I, do it. I don't want no parts of that. I, don't I understand it's it. great and I understand it was a great performance and the people won awards off of it. I do I never want to watch that because I know how I'm going to feel as I'm and watching it. And it's real life. It's real life. I want to see you it. Know, especially when you have children like I have young boys and so to see that I immediately will put myself in that scenario and it'll hurt me. Mm-hmm. I don't want, why do I want to sit down and do that to myself? It's that, yeah. but that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It goes back to that wanting to be in a constant state of chaos and yeah. trauma. I don't want that. I would but rather. I, I would rather see movies about black people pre-slavery. I want to know like what it was like in Africa. 
or wherever else or you here. were from, or here, like like the yeah. Aboriginal black people, like mm-hmm. what was life like that? Like, tell me some stories. Why are we in that. not telling that story? Yeah, those like stories. What about those stories? I, like you know, you always hear about you know. I think we had this conversation about you know a lot of black people would be like, I have you know Native American in my family or Indian in my family. Like, what about a love story between an African and a in a Native American? Or yeah, because that's like. You know I'm Aboriginal, yeah. So it's that's that's an amazing idea. So it's just like I don't, I don't understand it. Like I guess just me personally on a spiritual level, I don't understand why people want to put themselves in so much, yeah, trauma at all times because life on a day to day basis is trauma mm-hmm. for us. We are we are currently in a state of. A spiritual yeah. war right now so why indoctrinate yourself in any more than what you're already dealing with why not decompress with a funny movie right. or some uh, a display of love or a display of motherhood or fatherhood or beautiful friendship or a a, a, a story about a triumph a, a team that you know, like a Remember the Titans or yeah. Great Debaters or Pride or something like that. Like, why not show some of that? Right. I right. just don't. I just I, let me tell you something. I watch the same old movies over and over again because <laughs> I can't. I can't with that's that. That's why I watch. I watched a lot of Marvel movies. I, I listen. Like, I'm that's a, like the farthest yo, away from life. Did you see the announcements? I watched the uh, the presentation. I saw the all the trailers that they had. Uh. I was very excited. I was like, I cannot wait for did 2021. See, did you see Chippendale? No, I didn't watch all of it. I Chip- skimmed through stuff. I wanted, I watched a little bit of the Star Wars presentation. Yes. And then I kind of skipped through the Disney animation stuff. And uh-huh. then I went to the Marvel stuff. Yes. So I got to sit down and watch it all. I'm so excited. So Chippendale, like live action? Chippendale. Yeah. And then know. you got, and then you got, uh, um, um, Iron Man has got a successor. Yeah, Riri Williams. Yeah. Uh, Ironheart. Yes. And I have those comic books. I got them for my daughter. I can't wait to tell her about it. And they, they even showed the girl that they, they're casting for her. Yeah. Because I was afraid they were going to try to make Shuri from Black Panther. But you know, I think that they're, Ironheart. Gonna, I think they're doing her for Black Panther. Because they did say they were not going to recast the role of, of Chadwick or like T'Challa. And so yeah. they're going to continue with other characters. I'm right. like, okay, great. Because that makes the most sense. Because Shuri in the comics became Black Panther too. And it makes the most sense logically. Yeah. Because when you think about it, the mantle goes to the next person that is that is in royalty. She's mm-hmm. the next person in royalty, so it naturally goes to her. If something happens to her brother, then she would take up the mantle, just like when something happened to uh, T'Chaka. Uh, T'Challa mm-hmm. took up the mantle, and then they had to do the ceremony to go ahead and officially... Um, king him or um, uh, put him as the king. It would be the same situation for Shuri. Right. I would love to see like what that what that looks like. I would love to see how they do that and how they honor him and how they um, uh, memorialize him in that type of way. I would love to see that. I wonder if they have any sort of um, left behind scenes or whatnot that they can interject into that. Because, yeah, I wonder how they're going to do that. Because you know that there's the ancestry realm. Yeah, but at the same time, you also know that uh, uh, Killmonger destroyed—he destroyed it. The herbs. Mm-hmm. But she'll probably find some way to and bring him back. And we still don't know if Killmonger is dead. Yeah, they they talked about the idea of bringing him back, but I don't know why you would. I mean, I don't know why you would continue that story. I feel like that was great, and it just stay there. 
with a purpose. Like his story was meant to bring Wakanda out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, you can always create another stuff, but um, I would love to see Shuri go, you know, get the herb and have to do the whole red sand burial thing. Mm-hmm. And then you see the last conversation she has with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And they do like some kind of, you know how they do like the CGI. CGI yes. And have him like. Or like piece, piece together words from other movies to kind of try to like. Because they've done it with Star Wars where yes. they brought like people, like people who had passed away. Right. They, if that they was, do that. that oh, I'm crying. Probably, yeah, I'm crying in there. I'm telling you. I already know I'm going to cry. I yeah. already know. I, already I might know. get a little teary eyed. I'm going to. <laughs> I have no shame. I'm going to cry. I'm a straight cry. Like, I feel that there. people don't understand there's so much sim- symbolism in the ancestry realm, um, being Aboriginal and even um, African traditions understanding the lineage and the link to your ancestors. Yeah, I felt and so connected to Black Panther. Man, it's they did such a fabulous job with that movie. I can't even. It's the saddest thing in the world that they didn't just continue. They almost should have just, I don't know if they knew he was sick. The selfish person in me wanted them, been like, oh, y'all should have just put everything else on hold and just, Focus on making as many movies with him as you possibly can, or at least shooting the scenes with him that you possibly can. That's the selfish person person in me because yeah. there can never be another person to play that role. No. The way I mean, that's like asking for another Tupac. It's never going to happen. You know, I felt different about it in the beginning because I feel like T'Challa in the comics he had such a rich story. That I wanted to hear, I wanted to see more. You mean T'Challa or T'Chaka? T'Challa, the, the character that Black that uh, Chadwick Boseman played. Yeah. In the comments, he had such a long history, especially when he, when him and Storm were married. But I feel like, like they that. were gonna go there. Yeah, and, and but I, I, but that's why I'm and like, since they're not recasting that, that means that character is gone. Yeah, because you know, you know, they couldn't go there because at the time when they shot it. Um, who was it? Fox. Fox still own the rights to X Men. Yeah, still own the rights to X Men, but now they don't. Yeah. So it opened up that possibility of right. that storyline. I feel line. like that's they were they were might have been going. I feel there. like that that was gonna happen. Just be and it it was a natural progression just because of like the whole conflict with with him and um um what's my girl, Lapita Young. What's her uh, um um the what was her name in the movie? I never Nakia. 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 And that whole him wanting to find that mate and her kind of that whole thing. I saw that playing out. I'm like, they can easily play this whole thing and introduce Storm easily by this because it it was there were so many ways it could have been done. They still had the whole thing with uh Umbaku. There was so much that could have been done with Umbaku still. Umbaku. Like there's just so much. <laughs> so, with that being said, it's just oh man, it's so sad. Well, time for that recap from last week. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so from, affirmation. Last week's affirmations were: I am enough, and I deserve nice things. I can accomplish anything if I'm willing to try, apply, and execute. Even a no is in my benefit. All things are in alignment with my highest good. 
So which one of those resonated for you this week? Listen. Or which one? I, you, you said before, like, all three of them resonated with yeah, you. Yeah, I took all of these three and combined them together like a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. And that was how I was able to accomplish my amazing task. Came together like Voltron. Yeah, like, I <laughs> I had to tell myself that I am enough and I deserve nice things so that I wouldn't, you know, um, uh, go back into the shadows and just not confront what needed to be confronted. And then... Um, even a no is in my benefit. All things are in alignment with my highest good. So understanding, you know, when I talk to spirit and saying, hey, don't you want me to have this? And spirit is like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I'm like, okay, well, do you want me to have this? And spirit is like, that's the same thing. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that taking that and understanding that this is a no right now for me. And understanding it's for my highest good was good for me also. And then um, I can I can accomplish anything if I'm willing to try, apply, and execute. That was me saying, okay, I'm willing to try it spirit's way. I'm going to apply what spirit is asking me to do. And I'm, I'm going to execute, go pull the trigger, and, 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 and I'm going to accomplish it by doing these things. So mm -hmm. all three of these things worked. Very well for me this this week. Mm. I I resonated with the 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 last one where you said even a no is my is in my benefit because all things are in alignment with my highest good. Mm -hmm. And I thought about just things that you know think about in your life and you wonder like why can't I make this decision or why did this not happen for me? <clears throat> and especially like you know with what. Things I've been, you know, dealing with, you know, during the last few weeks of wanting to make certain decisions and, and feeling yeah. as though I didn't have, I couldn't. Like, I want to make the decision, but it's like, no, I can't make the decision because it's not time. It's not time for that yet. Um, and so um, understanding that it benefits me to to have a no. Like, sometimes... Like, you know, I deal with my kids. Like, sometimes I'm telling, I tell them no, not because I'm trying to be mean to them, but now I'm trying to tell them no because either you're not ready yet or it's just not good for you. Mm -hmm. And so trust me when I say no. And so I think that's some things that I have to do with, with, uh, with, you know, my creator and, and I, you know, I call God, um, is when he gives me a no is understanding first is realizing whether or not he's telling me no. I have to sit and think, you know, process that. And like, okay, what are you actually telling me? Like, are you telling me no, or is it just I'm in my own head right now? And that's the challenge for me a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Is it divine? Is it, what, what, is, what is it? And so sometimes I have to keep talking. I have to keep asking yes. the question of, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I want to do. And then eventually it all comes to me um, versus, okay, it's just me not even – listening for him and just trying to do stuff on my own. And so like like I said, whether it's that or myself, sometimes telling myself no is really helpful in me being able to process things the right way and ultimately ending up the way that it needs to end up. Yeah. You know, it's it's having the faith to be like everything is going to work out the way it's going to work out. Right. And when we get to that point, then that's where we'll be. Yeah. You know, and if you, you know, if a person, you know, um if a person, like if a decision has to be made and you're not yet that place where you can make that decision and 
And sometimes you just got to be like, okay, well, hey, I just can't make it right now. Absolutely. And whatever happens, happens. Absolutely. You know? I think being reminded of that um, is a good thing. You know, like I said, the highest good is what works what works out for you. Mm-hmm. you know? And what is in alignment with your ultimate goal and mm-hmm. purpose in life? A lot of times we want to make decisions because we can only see right in front of our exactly. noses. We can't see that down the road on this path, there's a gigantic ditch that leads to nowhere. And spirit spirit or God is trying to tell you, no, that's Mm -hmm. not the right turn. And you're like, but it's beautiful flowers over here. Mm -hmm. And spirit's like, I understand that, but that's not the right turn for you. And you may still, because you have have free will, you may still choose to go down there, but eventually you're going to come to a point to where you realize, Oh, this is a gigantic ditch. This is yeah. why this is why spirit was telling me no. It's kind of and then you me. have to turn around and walk all the way back uh-huh. to that juncture, and then spirit sitting there like, right. At some point, you got to trust that I'm not going to lead you anywhere that you're not saying that you want to go. Mm-hmm. One thing that I feel like, whoever your your divine um, higher power is. Um, you are a co-creator with you, with the divine. Mm-hmm. So the divine is creating whatever it is that you're asking for, but giving it to you in a form that is not going to hurt you. Yeah. So like if, if your child says, I want sugar, you're not going to give your child a bowl of sugar that will hurt your child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you may give them a piece of candy in a certain quantity that you feel like they can take, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or that is good for them. They may not like the fact that you're giving them a piece of candy, but that's not, you know, mm-hmm. you know, down the line, if I give you a bowl of sugar, you're going to be sick. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, I was having a conversation with my daughter the other day when we were driving and I always teach her about like being defensive. Mm-hmm. Like you want to make sure you're, you're being observant to your the conditions around you because yeah. the, you can't you can't depend on the car in front of you to tell you where you're going. Man, no. You know, you can't just look. You got to look ahead. So I'm on the highway, and I see a bunch of red lights up ahead. It's miles ahead, but I can see them. I say, okay, uh, Taylor, it's a lot of cars up there. There must be a traffic jam somewhere. I can see flashing lights, which means there's an emergency. What do you think I should do? Should I keep going and see what happens? Or should I make a detour and say, okay, I see what's up ahead. I'm going to go this way. Right. And sometimes you have to make those decisions. You have to be looking past where you're currently at so that you can make the best decision for where you're at now. And if you can't look past where you're currently at and you ask God, Mm -hmm. then you have to have some sort of relationship with God to where you can trust that God's sight is a little bit. Yeah. And that slow down and let God look for you. Mm Because sometimes God's sight is a little bit farther yeah. and more keen than yours. Exactly. I'm saying sometimes like it ain't always, but you know. Yeah. Sometimes for whoever, you know, I won't fit nobody. But God's <laughs> God's sight is a little more keen and um further can reach a lot further than yours can sometimes. So if you can't if you can't see ahead, but you got you you know, if you can't see some see ahead, that's okay. Lean on those lean on something that can see or understand that where there's smoke there's always fire. Hmm. A lot of people wanna yeah. a lot of people wanna say, oh where it's smoke, it's not fire. They just uh vaping. No, where there's smoke, there's fire. 
Because even that vape creates some sort of fire. It's yeah. a modified fire. Mm-hmm. It's a, a disguised fire. Yeah. It's coming from it's, somewhere, though. But it's a fire nonetheless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you see signs, pay attention. Yeah. So you talked about our journal uh, from last yes. week. So our journaling prompt for you all who were there and who weren't there, just a reminder, um, is what do you believe about yourself? Where do you, where did this belief come from? Is it what you want to believe? And what do you want to believe about yourself? And then the last question was, what messages can you pour into yourself this week? Um, so I thought about that um, a lot myself, about just kind of the, the, the messages that play in my head throughout my day or my life in general. And I will say um, I have a mixture of things that I believe about myself. Um, I believe that I'm amazing. I believe that I'm smart. I believe that I'm intelligent. I'm nurturing. Um, I am loyal. I'm committed. Um, I am honest. I am um, hard worker, you know, all that stuff. And I, But also, on the flip side, I also sometimes believe that I'm not good enough. Um, and the question of where the belief come from, I think the positive beliefs about myself came from the influential uh, people in my life, like my mother's uh, growing up and some of my cousins. Like I was always encouraged and told how smart and how amazing that I was and how I was going to be somebody someday and how, you know, I was always praised and, and given encouragement. And, but the one area of my life that I didn't necessarily get the, the, um, the success from was probably the relationship I had with my father because mm. my father was not a, he was really not present, but when he was present, he wasn't present, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I never like, I, you know, typical dads and not typical cause they every, every dad wasn't like that, but you know, in his era, you know, dealing with the traumas that he endured in his childhood and the childhood of his grand of his father. Um, my dad was never the one to show emotion. He was never one to tell me that he was proud of me. He never told me to love me, you know, stuff like that. And so I think when I was younger, I would try to, I was getting it from everywhere else. It was like, it was this one place that I couldn't get it from and I would work hard to get it. I would, you know, I would do well in school. I would do well in that, in, in, you know, uh, organized activities and I would get all these awards and stuff and I would get recognized for these things. And it's like, I could never crack them. You know, it's like, I can't get like, he just won't, he won't give it to me. And I think in myself, that made me feel like, okay, I'm not good enough because I cannot get my dad's validation. Man, And I think a lot of people deal with that or have done that, dealt with that with maybe another parent or someone or or a person in their life. And so because of that, it made me feel like I wasn't good enough. And so, um, obviously I want to believe the opposite. Um, and so what messages do I pour into myself? So one thing, um, as a therapist, a lot of times when I'm, sometimes when I'm meeting new clients, I get a little nervous, like, Oh man, maybe if I'm, what if I'm not the right fit? What if, you know, they, what if I suck? You know, I get, I have those thoughts that have in my head sometimes. Syndrome. Yeah. Like sometimes I, I do have that imposter syndrome. And so what I'll do is I like to do use mirror talk. Okay. And with mirror talk, I just basically go stand in the mirror and I just talk to myself. And my my message I always tell myself is, Tony, you are the best man for the Come job. On, affirmations. And the world would be much 
will be much better because you are in it. Come on, affirmation. And I have to tell myself that, like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. They're here for a reason, and you're you. They were blessed to be with you for that reason. Everything so, happens by design. Yes, and so you're going to do just fine. I tell myself that, and there's a level of weight that's lifted off my shoulder because I think telling yourself that and also seeing yourself mm -hmm. say that you feel a deeper connection to yourself. That's how affirmations work. You know, yeah. And so when I'm saying that in the mirror, seeing seeing myself, I think the visual. Pouring you know, into yourself. Yeah, I can. I, it feels as though it's not me mm -hmm. because I'm looking at someone else. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, so that was a very eye-opening um, journal prompt for myself. And it just kind of came out of nowhere, too. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. What about you? Okay. So how did I look at this journal prompt? What do you believe about yourself? I put, I believe that I am a kind, loving soul that has a tendency to overthink things. Hmm. Okay. And then the next question was, where did this belief come from? I put, I had to see myself, I had to see myself and confront notions that were set on me um, to arrive to this conclusion. So, like, I believe that this belief about myself came from me um, confronting stereotypes that were put on me throughout childhood about who I am as a person. Um, I spent a lot of time, um, I guess, um accepting people's perspective perceptive of me perspective 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 pers perspective of me um as a as a child instead of creating my own okay. you know what i mean so i became a culmination of everyone's thoughts okay and by the time that i grew into my young adulthood it was a hodgepodge of things that didn't necessarily always fit together mm -hmm. so i didn't fully feel like i knew who i was or what i was um and i didn't feel connected to the the uh, description of who i was mm -hmm. i felt like the things that people would say about me i didn't feel that inside of me at all i didn't feel like yeah that's who i am like i didn't feel that mm -hmm. so i had to confront that and i had to confront like why do I not feel connected to what people say that I am? Hmm. And why did I accept those things? You know what I mean? Why didn't I say, no, that's not who I am. You know what I mean? So I had to take some time and um, confront those notions. And then once I confronted those notions that other people said, then I came to the conclusion that I am a kind, loving soul. That's who hmm. I really am. And I do have a tendency to overthink things. And that's how I ended up where I was in the first place, by overthinking people's thoughts, mm -hmm. wanting people to to see me as a kind person and not tell them, no, that's not who I am. I'm just, okay, well, that's their perception. Everyone has the right to their perception. Instead of saying, I'm sorry that that's the way that you perceive me, maybe I need to alter how I'm presenting myself, but that is not who I am. And I need to, maybe we need to um, interact in a different way so that you can get a full understanding of who I truly am, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. So I had to go through that. Then, um, third thing, is it what you want to believe? I said yes, but I don't want to be ashamed of wanting this. 
So I do want to believe that, yes, I'm a kind soul, I'm a loving soul, and I have a tendency to overthink things, but I don't want to be ashamed of that. Like, a lot of times I feel ashamed of it, of being a kind person. And it's for the weirdest reasons, like, because a lot of things that I do in my life um, denote um, leadership or... um, strength in some sort of way like me being a football player and things like that and people have a tendency to um have negative connotations to kind people okay and i don't and a lot of times i feel ashamed by admitting this is who i really am like this is not just something i'm being for this moment of time like this is just who i am i am just a genuinely nice person. I like to do nice things for people. I like to pour into people. I like to give people compliments. I like to do this thing. I don't feel like I don't want to feel like a a sap or a sucker or a, a idiot or um a, a, a I don't know for being who I really am. Because I feel like there's so many things tied around that. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody's being super nice or if somebody is there to always give to you, then, oh, they, look at them. They're a sucker. Oh, look, yeah. I'm getting over. And it's like, no, but you're not getting over. Like, I wanted to give this to you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether you, you swindle think, me. You didn't swindle me. Like, yeah. I, And that's what I think kind of irritates me because people be like yeah God. yeah and then you'd be like well maybe maybe i need to pull back and you'd be like you, but you I can't hate, even be your authentic but self. that's but that's what i that's why i said i don't want to be ashamed of it because i find myself doing that because i know when people think that they're getting over on me and i'm like bro you're not though like everything that i give out to a person is something that is from my overflow it is something that i was willingly ready to give to you whether you wanted me to or not i'm Mm. willingly ready to give this it's not if it's not going to go to you it's going to go to someone else i'm going to give it out for me because it is extra you know what i mean so when people do this whole song and dance like yeah i got over it just Mm. really it's just like but why though yeah but why and then you, I mean, like you said, you didn't get over. You actually made it worse because now you, you're you not even, you're, you don't even have the ability to, to accept what I gave you. Yeah, because it's like, but why though? Like, why are we doing? You the blessing in that. Yeah. That, and that, and that's like, I want to not, it's like, I want to believe that about myself because that's who I am. But I don't want, I want to get rid of that shame. You know what I mean? For believing that about myself or that. That stigma that is attached to the negative connotation. I want to completely eradicate that from my mind. You know what I mean? Even though I know this is what people think or whatever, I want that to not bother me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, The next question was, what do you want to believe about yourself? I said, I want to believe that I am comfortable and confident in each choice that I choose to create and cultivate the best version of me. Mm. And I feel that goes into what I was saying about that. Like, I feel like I make these choices because they're edifying who I am and they're mm-hmm. building up my character. But then I don't sometimes feel as confident 
Because people be trash. Yeah, people. People are trash. be trash sometimes. They be straight trash. You be you be so sweet. To I put up a meme sometimes this, this last week and it was like, you straight up y'all straight up ruin good people and they get mad when the person reacts. Mm-hmm. It's like, why though? Why be trash though? Like go be trash at waste management. Don't be trash over yeah. here. Yeah. Bruh, this is not the place to be trash. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. And, yeah. That's so. one thing I learned in, in my own therapy was the difference between being nice and being kind. Yeah. And talked about, like, nice is this very superficial. Yes, very, it is. Very on the surface, you know, you're sacrificing your own happiness for the happiness of other people. Whereas being kind means that. You both get something out of the deal. Absolutely. That's why I said I'm a kind, loving soul. So I can be kind and still set these boundaries with you. I'm definitely got those. You know, if I say, it's like, say for somebody is being nice. For example, somebody wants to borrow your car, right? Yeah. You know, being nice would be, okay, here, take the car. And you know you don't want to give it to them. Yeah, you know you don't want to give it to them. You know you need it. You know you can't afford for them to mess it up. But because they they want it, you're going to give it to them. And... But being kind is, okay, hey, I'm not giving you my car, but hey, what if I can just take you to work the next yep. day? I can take you. Maybe I can pick you up, but that's both best I can do. That's all I got now, for Now, do you. I want to wake up and take you to work? No. I hell, hell no, I don't want to. I, I want, want to sleep. sleep. But in order to, sac- I'll sacrifice a little bit of what I need to give you a little bit of what you want. Absolutely. And that is what kindness is. And so trying to keep that as my focus, you know, helps me to deal with people like that. Mm-hmm. Because I know that, okay. Okay, I know I'm a kind person. I'm going to do what I feel is right, but I'm not going to let you get everything that you want. Right. You know, because if I do that, I'm not going to feel good about myself. That's true. You know, and I want to feel good about myself at the end of the day. That's, I don't want to feel like, hey, people day. using me. For real, because that's, that's the worst. Yeah. That's the absolute worst. Nobody like, wants to feel used. Nobody I, I does. I don't know why y'all think people do. Y'all are here. Trash can, waste management. <laughs> but anyway, um, the last thing is what messages can you pour into yourself this week? So the messages that I have was I am whole, I am growing, and I am becoming everything my soul desires to become. Hmm. And that was my journal part. Hey, that was good. I like that. Yay. So today... We are going to talk a little bit about, uh, we want to talk a little bit about um, the plight, the struggle, the success of the roller coaster, the roller coaster of the first generation college students. Man, man, man. Definitely (laughs) been on this train, boy. Now, talking to some people, um, I understand that people have a different viewpoint of what a first generation college student is. Um, one thing that I've heard was um, a person who is who is the first of their family or one of the first of their family to seek and uh, obtain a post um, high school education. Mm-hmm. Some people view it as, OK, it's a person who has not. So it's, it's a person who's in a family that has not set the president of college as a as an option or it is or a necessity. And then some um, people view it as first in their immediate family. Yeah, first family. in their immediate family. So um, whatever direction that you want to go in. Um, all of this applies. All to this you. applies to you. Um, and so that kind of goes through like our definition of what we mean when we say first generation college student. 
Um, so I guess my first question is, um, I, we talk about black people. Do you feel like college is something that is encouraged in the black family? I feel like it's expected a lot of times in a black family. College is expected. I feel like it is in a lot of, for, I've, I'll put it to you from this perspective. Okay. I feel like college is expected from girls huh. oftentimes. Okay. For a uh, first generation college student? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, For me, you know what I mean? It was thinking about the sacrifice and everything. Um, me going to college, I had a lot riding on my shoulders. Hmm. I went because I had... Okay, one, two, three, three and a half, we'll just say three, four generations of four generations of something to break. Okay. For me. So my great grandmother who is still living, she ninety six. Ninety six. Hey grandma, friend of the here, podcast. That's right. Hey, hey, big ma. She out here still doing it, you know what I mean? She didn't, obviously, she, you know, she was a sharecropper. She picked cotton, you know, like, she lived that life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, there's that. Mm -hmm. Then I had my grandmother, also, who lived through her share of all of the BS and mm -hmm. civil rights and all that. So, there's that. Then I had my mom, who was born in the 60s, and she had her share of stuff, and she was supposed to be the first one to go to college and ended up pregnant with my oldest sister mm -hmm. and had to drop out. Out of college? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you had my sister, my oldest sister that my mom got pregnant with. Mm -hmm. She was on her way to go to college the summer before, right after graduating, and got pregnant and didn't get a chance to go. Hmm. So I was like... You can do this. Like, somebody got to mm -hmm. do it. So, if for me, I felt like I was doing it for, for all of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you I was doing it for like myself, but I was doing it for all of them, too. Just like, we, we're all doing this. We're all yeah. making it. We're all crossing. So, you, you had know? that pressure, that expectation, because everyone before you had didn't, didn't for whatever, for different reasons, and I'm never taking it. Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, they was like, you better do this. Like, it was okay. it was almost like a... It's like an internalized pressure. Yeah, it was like an understood, like, understood of look at what is paid for you. Uh -huh. Like, a lot of people don't have... A lot of people are not blessed like I do to say that they have a great-grandmother that is still here. They can tell them stories about slavery. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Like... That's a whole different point of view. Mm. You know what I mean? When you go from that to this and you have opportunities, you, you just have a different level of gratitude about things mm -hmm. and a different level of um, appreciation for options. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you make your choices, because you still have the right to choose whatever you want. True. When you make your choices, it gives you more understanding of what the choices mm -hmm. could possibly mean for you yeah. or not mean for you or mean for others, mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it was a big deal to just go mm. and to finish. What do you think about the people who do? It sounds like you had a huge, um, 
lineage of women in your family who were there. What about the people who don't have that, who don't have, who are first-generation college students or potential first-generation college students, and they don't have that pressure of, okay, nobody went to college. Like, you have people that are not really talking about college. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you think about those kids? I think those kids are awesome, and I think that they should do whatever it is that is in their heart to do. Mm. And even if your family does not um, necessarily see the wonderfulness of college, I feel like you should do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Because um, how do you think they get I, in? How do you think they get the idea of going to college when it's not encouraged? I feel that it comes from them figuring out who they are okay. as a person. You know what I mean? As you go throughout life and you decide what you like, what you don't like. Um, the things you're interested in, the questions that you ask yourself as you lay in the bed at night about what mm-hmm. you want to do, why you're here, what your purpose is, what you want to contribute to the world, all those things. Once you start answering those questions for yourself, you start thinking about those when you're a yeah. little kid. Then once you start answering those questions for yourself, then you start going into a practical research about how is it can I make this a reality for myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that entails going to college. Sometimes it doesn't. Everyone doesn't have to go to college. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it entails for you to go to college to obtain whatever it is that you need to obtain in order for you to feel like you're getting closer to the person that you are meant to be. Mm-hmm. And if that is who you are, go for it. Um, go for it in every way. Whatever, whatever is needed for you to get that degree... Money, whatever is needed, it will be there for you. Trust mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. It'll be there for you. I'm telling you, I went to college without a dime to my name. Family did not save a damn dollar for me to go to school. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Because that just wasn't like, what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Who's doing this? Nobody was doing it. So, right. there, of course, there's nothing there because nobody's doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're trying to survive. like. But I know. did what I had to do. I, oh, baby, I... Fucking paying for it now, oh, but look, I did what I had I to tell do. Them loans are never getting paid out. I don't, I don't even know why y'all keep calling. Still me. in school right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to you on like the the pressure thing because I think in my family, I'm a first generation college student. My mom, uh, so okay, my great grandmother, Mississippi. She probably was a sharecropper. I don't know much about that life, but she was in Mississippi. Then my grandmother, you know. Born during, you know, lived during the civil rights era. And then my mom, she did not go to college. She, um, after high school, her and my father got married and my dad was in the military. And mm. so they went off. She went off with him. And so she tried the, her hand at going for nursing school, but it just didn't never, it never materialized. And so growing up, my mother always pushed for me to do well in academics and to make sure that. I was going to college. And so the people in my life were always saying, okay, you're going to go to college and you're going to do this. You're going to be a doctor and you're going to play in. And, and I added, I want to play NFL. That was my thing. So I wanted to be a doctor and I wanted to play NFL. And so that carried me all the way through high school. Um, now I had a lot of encouragement. People would always encourage me to say, Hey, he's going to go to college one day. And so I feel like I didn't feel like I was under pressure. I just automatically knew that I was going to college. Mm-hmm. It wasn't no pressure about it. And I think for my mom, growing up... The so it was gro- almost... Um, um, what's the word? Um, like an expectation? No. Um, not implanted, but... Um, uh, 
uh, established in who you were. Yeah, I guess so. Like, like early, like it was an early. Yeah, I remember elementary school when it was like you're going to college, and so that's, from there I was like, okay, I'm going to college, right? That's dope. I wonder how I would have did if I had that mindset. If I had that, experience. I don't know. I never had any doubt I was not going to college. Now, I will say when I got to high school and it came close to going to college, I had no idea how to get there. I knew I wanted to go, but I was like, okay, how do you get to college? How do you get to and Sesame I didn't necessarily have a school counselor at the time that was willing, that was available or willing <laughs> to help me, me get there. And so being a first-generation college student, that's one of the struggles I had was I didn't have anybody to go to to show me how to get there. Um, I think that's one of the plights of a first-generation college student is they don't have any resources um, from their family that can help them get to where they're trying to get to. And so you're ha- you have to rely on help from other people. Um, I know uh, my, ex- my ex-girlfriend's mom was huge. She was a huge benefit to me getting to college. She is the one who told me about FAFSA. She is the one who told me about you know, sending in your college applications. You know, I had my football coaches, and so they would get colleges to recruit me. And so the college would tell me what I needed to do, you know, in order to get recruited so I can play for the university. Um, I had now my school counselor wasn't the best. Um, I don't even remember seeing her until I think well into the end of the school year. And she came and was like, OK, what are you doing at the high school? I was like, dang, you late. You should have been talking to me last year. Pretty you know, much. but I had a co- I had a college um, career specialist. I, we at had the, time, the same experience at the time. I, co- I thought she was a school counselor, but it was funny because when I was in grad school, she was in one of my classes and I just looked at her like, what are you doing here? You're already a counselor. She was like, no, I was never a counselor. I was the college career specialist. So she was like a support staff in the school. Uh-huh. I was like, I didn't know that. And like, she, she was the reason I went to school, uh, going to college. Uh, Mr. H- Miss Hutchison, Miss Ivy Hutchison, friend I, of the podcast. I don't think I got to spend time with her. She is so cool. I still talk to her to this I know day. that counsel. Let me shut yeah. up. Because <laughs> you already Hutchison, know how I feel about she that. She sat in the office with me after school almost every other day, like trying to game plan on how I was going to get to college. So Yeah, me having- and Tony went to the same school the same year. So <laughs> it's a reason we, we are not talking about this counselor. <laughs> we are not talking about <laughs> I don't know. What, oh my I don't know God. what she was doing. I don't know what was going on in her life. At she time. was trying to get her check. Yeah, I guess I'm so, telling you. Cause... You know, as a kid, you don't understand it, but as an adult now, when we do this uh-huh. week to week thing, she was she was waiting yeah. on the fifteenth and the thirtieth. That's yeah. it. And then, like seeing, I think also going to a school where it was predominantly white, like white kids were going to college. And so, in a way, I felt like, well, y'all ain't leaving me behind. Yeah. I'm going to college, too. I told too. you that Counselor Show told me, uh, you want to go to a college or a university, maybe you should try a community college. First of all, lady, I got decent grades. I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Yeah, I was like, ah. and my, my, GPA was, my GPA was pretty high. It wasn't like the high. It wasn't valedictorian high, but I was at a 3.75 But, you know, it, I think it was because I was so, uns, I didn't know, like you said, I knew nothing about college. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I came in there and I was like, I want to go to college. <laughs> she was mm-hmm. like, she was like, okay, well, where you want to go? I don't know, to college. Mm-hmm. You a kid, you like, I don't know, college. That's where I want to go. What, mm-hmm. what kind of? Right. And she like, well, maybe you should just try a community college. I'm like, bro, you could have gave me better advice than that. Right. You could have been like, okay, here are your options. You could go, there are things called HBCUs. There are yeah. things called, you could have said something. She basically something. was like, well, here, this application from McDonald's. She like, this one, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good job, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. Oh, ooh, ooh. But you know, that was the best thing for me at the time because it, it put fire under my ass. Uh -huh. And it made me say, oh, I'm finna show you. Right. Because the whole reason why I'm going is because there's this notion that I can't. I hate for a person to tell me I can't do something. Mm -hmm. I can't stand it. Mm. I cannot stand it. Yeah, I, I can I can understand that. Don't tell yeah. me what I can't do. I'll show you what I can. Right. And then I'll do it twice to take pictures. Uh oh, look at you. For real? Oh, wait, talking shit then? Okay. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm so serious. Put that on a t shirt. Ask me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it twice and take pictures. Oh, man. Yeah, but. That's definitely something I, th I thought about with the first generation college students. What, what you what you thought? What are some of your thoughts? So, um, first question that I have for the first generation college students is, we kind of answer it. Did you feel pressure? And the second question was, um, do you feel um, that your completion or failure of college um, was a shared experience? Oh, for me, yes. Um, when I graduated, I swear, like, first of all, graduated from high school, you know, in my family, um, it was always this fear. And I think as a black boy, there was always this stigma of, like, you know, at the time there was this thing of, you know, black boys not making it to the age of 21 or something like that. Mm -hmm. or I forgot the age, but it was like they won't, they won't live past a certain age because right. of, you know, gun violence, of going to jail or being in loss of the streets. And so I had that going against me. Um, I also had, um, and when I say going against me, I wasn't involved in those type of things, but that was a fear that I was having to fight against, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and also being a first-generation college student, not really having anyone who could teach me how to get there. Um, and then um, my mother always had this thing, is don't have any kids before you graduate because a lot of people in my family would bang, was bang. having kids at early ages, and bang, so bang. and so I had all of these pre these things that my mom was like, please, like just just it was like For this, me. it's like a landmine, like okay, don't step, like I just need you to get there without stepping on any one of these landmines. And so when I graduated from high school, I swear it was like, oh, I high made school? it. Yeah, this was high school. <laughs> Graduating from high school, it was like a joyous occasion in my family because like. Dion made it. You know, that's what they call me in my family, Dion. Dion made it. And so then going to college, it was like, we out here now. Here we go. Yeah. Again, so when I graduated oh when I graduated from college, I I felt like this was um it was a, such a big accomplishment because I was like, I, my mom was able to see me graduate from college. Was it did you feel like you were walking across the stage by yourself? Or did you feel like your mom was literally walking with you? I felt like my mom was because me, me personally, I didn't really care. It didn't matter about as much. That's me too. Graduating. That's I, I, me too. I wanted too. to graduate because I knew that, that that gave me the ability to go and work and make money and things like Let that to provide for myself. But just walking across stage, I felt more of that my mom was watching. Let me tell you something. When I graduated, it was a very sad situation for me. Okay. My family doesn't really have a lot of money. So one... Um, with me going to school in Alabama, um, Alabama, none of my family was able to make it to the graduation. So I had um, my spiritual family that was there with me, my uh, godmother and my godfather. They were the only two that I had. 
at my grad at my graduation. Oh. They were like my parents when I was in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, when I was graduating, my mom was in prison. So there was that. And then my father, he couldn't make it down at a, either. My father, he only had the highest grade that he's completed was eighth grade was the completion. And then he did some high school. He never graduated from high school. So to walk across the stage, to be there before I walked across the stage and get a phone call from my mom and my dad into hearing their voice Mm -hmm. that, you know, an eighth grade, I mean, a high school dropout and someone who's was currently in prison has a child that's walking across the stage and getting a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. That alone, I felt like I was carrying my parents on my shoulders. Really? I felt like I was carrying them wow. over. Um, I felt like I was carrying them over the finish line. I felt like they tried. Um, they tried to make it as far as they possibly could with the tools that they had. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was that was everything for me. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm sorry, y'all. Damn it. You got me crying. No, it's okay. Okay. It's okay. So um, that was everything for me to be able to do that for my mom, to be able to give my mom yeah. something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even where she was, like, my baby just graduated. Right. You know, that shit. I was like, I did that. Right. I did that. You know what I mean? I can't. We couldn't do much. Like, we don't have money and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I could do that. Or I can give my dad. He was like, my baby graduated. My mm-hmm. baby ain't got no kids. My baby ain't out here strung out. Mm-hmm. My baby got a bachelor's degree. My mm-hmm. baby graduated. That was everything to me because I yeah. know how much that meant to them. Like, not being able to finish educational milestones for them. Mm-hmm was a deterrent in their lives. You know what I mean? That made them feel some sort of way. You know what I mean? My dad not finishing high school made him feel some sort of way. Yeah. My mom having to drop out of college because she got pregnant made her feel some sort of way. So for me, their child to finish, it gave them a sense of, okay, we finished. Yeah. Even though we stepped back for our child at least it wasn't in vain. Somebody yeah. finished. Yeah. So it's almost like it validated. Right. Listen, I never change it for a world. I don't care if I never use my degree. I just, never change. Just think it. of all the stuff that goes into us as black kids graduating. Like you, like this is a this is something to tell you know all of our white listeners yes. uh, and listeners from other uh, ethnicities. When we're when you're at graduation and you see these black families in these full celebration and they turned ju- up, they turned yeah. up. Just know understand everybody. There is there is a journey that took place Brad. for that family and that child to get where they where they are. It Stop wasn't thinking a, that it's just ghetto. Yeah, it's not. Ghetto, it's, it's not. It's true trauma and perseverance release. and release. Yes, that took place in order for that moment to happen for that family the tears that flow i've seen like you say you grow up with stone cold father figures or male figures you never see him cry mm. but in those moments that's when you see it you know what yeah. i mean because it's a it's like hope 
it's like hope because everybody, we all grow up in a certain level. Like I talked about earlier, like you get a shitty space hand, you got a bad level, but taking it up that next step is like, okay, you got a possibility for something better. Mm -hmm. At least I gave my child a possibility of something better. And for black families, that's all we be want, man. Like just to know that I at least put my child in a better situation than what Mm -hmm. I had coming up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like for me being uh, single and not having children yet, that's what pushes me to keep going as far as I possibly can. Because I know at one at some point when it's my turn and I have children, I'm going to have to stop. Yeah. I'm not stop completely, but it's going to slow down because my attention, my energy is going to be poured into the next generation you know what i mean and once that time comes i want to be able to equip my child with as much as i possibly can so i can be like well i didn't make it that far but at least they did Mm -hmm. yeah look at that you know and if god willing i'd be around to see it you know what i mean like i'm just saying like to be able to call my great-grandma to be able to call my great grandma and tell her that I graduated, be able to come home and tell her I graduated, mm-hmm. and for her to see that, Brad, that's I don't know what y'all talking about. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah, this yeah. somebody who picked cotton. I mean, pricked her fingers picking cotton, uh-huh. and I got to tell her that I graduated. Like, yeah, nobody I, can I, take that from me. Yeah, I wish that my grandmother was still alive. Uh, she didn't get a chance to see me graduate from high school. She was alive at the time, mm-hmm. um, but she just couldn't physically get there. And that was something that always um, used to hurt me. Is I remember the conversation I had with her about that. Um, but it's interesting because when I got my master's degree, it was just like, it's like, okay, I got it. Like, it wasn't like, I didn't have the same, like, um, I feel like high school was way more of a celebration than I got my, than because, when I got my master's degree. Because for us. It was like. Just get that. If we get that, okay, we great. Everything else is a bonus, mm-hmm. right? And then I never thought about getting a master's degree. That was never in the cards for me. It was just yeah. something that came up. I was like, oh, guess I should go out of school to do this. But I didn't have, like, graduating from undergrad was a big deal. Graduating from high school was an amazing deal. And graduating from grad school was just like, okay, I did it. I'm good. I did it. This is a great day. I really worked hard, and I, I'm now I'm professional. <laughs> right. Right, you know? and everybody's like, eh. yeah. It was it was more so for me. It was yeah. like, okay, this is for me, so I can but that's, so get somewhere in my in my career. But but that's but like you were saying, it was almost like high school was for the entire family, college mm-hmm. was for your parents or your mom, mm-hmm. and I mean undergrad was for your parents or for your mom, True. and then graduate school was for you. What do you what do you say to the people, the families, or the kids who are listening that? are thinking about going to college and they want to go, their parents are trying to keep them close. Nah, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> we Brad all know go. those families where they Brad. were like, no, my kids are not going nowhere far. Nah. They're going to be right here in Missouri. Listen, they better pick a school in Listen, St. Louis. Don't so. do it. Don't do it. What do you say to those? I say no. Why do you say it? I say mercy says no. <laughs> These children, you got to let them go. <laughs> let them slip away. Just let them go. Mercy is saying no right now. Why do you think that I feel parent, like families do that? Because they want. I feel like they want to. They want. They want. They want to be able to touch you. They want to uh, be able to be 
close to you. Yeah. Put your hand. They because one that and then two. Um, I feel it's a threefold thing. Okay. That they want to be close to you. Two, I feel like um, that um, it's foreign to them. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Like that's not a thing that black people really do. Send their kids off. Somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So it's like an anxiety thing. Anxiety okay. thing, and then the third thing, most kids that go away, most you know, um, tend to go south because that's where most HBCUs are. Oh, okay, not south as in like figuratively speaking. You're talking about south as in like regionally. Yes. Okay. Okay. No, well, not like, like they go out there and wild out. No, like they <laughs> tend to go south, like. Southern states, and okay. you know, there's a lot of negative connotations around southern places. Like, it's so funny about that because the south is probably where more black people are. And let me tell you something me being a person who went to school, who I lived in Georgia, I've lived in Alabama and Mississippi, Georgia, yes. And let me tell you something people been more racist in Missouri. I'm just saying, yeah, it's been more racist here. Yeah, like in like it's so, the, let me tell you it's so there's so many sweet old people there and just sweet kind people period in the south mm-hmm. they have such a southern disposition that just marries well with my personality it just mm-hmm. it, I just feel at home in it I I've really never do really experience, I don't think I've ever experienced that before oh man it's wonderful everyone speaks to you complete strangers hello everyone says hello that's how I kind of felt when I went out of college and I went to college in Springfield Missouri now, everyone has their own experiences. I'm only speaking from my experience. <laughs> right? Because there's some racist shit that's happened in Springfield. They have yep. a very, very racist history. Mm-hmm. Very segregated town. They got a very racist present. Yes. You say history like it's still not Yeah, it's still persistent. going on. It's still going on. But my experience down there, um, people were very nice. Yeah. Um, every time I went somewhere, people were very kind. Let me ask and you. Do you think that is because you were an athlete at SEC school? Um, well, what an SEC? Well, do you think that was because you were an athlete? Um, I don't think so because people didn't necessarily always know I was an athlete. I think my energy that I give off. I think your size kind of gives way to probably athlete. too. I am a big guy, big black <laughs> man. Most people are not trying to approach me in a confrontational manner. They ain't, they ain't stupid. Um, you know. I don't really give off that energy. I come to everybody with respect and calm and peace, and I'm always a, I'm I'm approaching them with healing energy. You know what? Ener- you know who you remind me of? Who? It's a Disney character. Who Baloo from? Uh... No, but that's a good one. <laughs> I like Baloo because people make me out to be a teddy bear, which I'm fine with. I but am. you know who you remind me of? Who? You remember Mulan? Yes. You remember like the three, probably one of my favorite movies. You remember like the three little the three guys, Poe, yeah, or the big one. He was like, beef, he was pork, he was so chicken. sweet. Mm. He and he was like and they like when they would fight, he would just pick he would them just up. Come over, he's like he would just walk over, <laughs> he pick you all up. Yeah, do this calmly. Just know that I can mess you up if I want. Yeah, to. if I, I had to. Now y'all need to sit down and me there, I, It takes a lot to get me there, but. I, it's been a few times in my life where I got there, and I don't like being in that place. Yeah, you remind me of Poe. Yeah, but yeah, I like um, but yeah, I didn't have. I had an experience in in Springfield where it was very like um, peaceful. So when I came back to St. Louis, Ooh, I, it was the first time I was like, "Wow, 
People are mean as hell here. Listen, when I came back to St. Louis, I said, has it always been this yeah, many sirens? Yeah, I remember, yes. I like, definitely remember asking my my family a question like, man, I, people are always mean mugging here. Yes. Like, did I, did this, has this always been this way? Or then is you it, come back, you speaking like you were, yeah, you speaking to people, hey, how you doing? They looking at you like, yeah. don't talk to me, I don't know you, you like yeah, that. You open the door, people, people not saying thank you or, like, what is, is it always been this way here? <laughs> But I've definitely never been down south to experience that. Listen, that, down uh, south is so amazing. Down south is just a whole different culture. You know, one thing I was telling, uh, you know, he had the funeral a couple of weeks ago. But I was telling um, my nephews and my little sister um, as we were driving in a funeral processional about, like, how it is down south. I said, you know, down south, because they'd never been in a funeral processional before. Okay. Well, not where they were old enough to understand, like, what was going on. Now everyone's older, and they were riding with me. So, you know, they're asking questions, and I believe in educating. So mm -hmm. I told the answers. They was like, so how does this thing work? Like, we could just ride through the things and everything. I explained. And they was like, so what do people just jump in? I said, people can be rude and jump in the processional. I don't know why people do it, but people can do it. Yeah. But one thing I told them, I said, you know, down south. They pull over on the side of the road. They pull over on the side of the road and they turn the radios off for respect out of the uh, deceased and the family driving past. Yeah. That's not something that I St. saw that Louis for the first would. time in Arkansas. Yeah. In, in the south, I saw that. I said, that's so that's so dope to me. Yeah. Like, stuff like that is so dope to me. And people might be like, Okay, but to me, that is so dope. It's community. It really is, and it's reverence. It's reverence, it's respect, it's honoring. I just, I that's so dope to me. Just the level of selflessness that they mm -hmm. have is just amazing. Now, I ain't saying the South is all good because we know they got some oh, fucked yeah. up ass. Oh, yeah. But there are some redeeming qualities about being in the South. Mm. I would encourage any student who is looking to go away to go away because you need to have that experience in which you are on your own before you are seriously on your own. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree. I agree. And if you're too close to home, it's very easy to when shit is going wrong at home for you to just, I'm just going to go back home. Man. You know, they need me at home. I'm just going to go back home. You know, my mama need me. You know, my sister's acting up. It's too easy for you, know, you to go back home. Stum that you stumbled upon my next uh, question. Of, Did I really? What are some things that deter us from going to college? Feeling like that if we went to co feeling like if we went to college, um, we are somehow in some sort of way, um, not doing what we need to be doing to, um, contribute to the family. Okay. That's a big one. Like a lot of people being like, well, I, I going to college is selfish. Like they yeah. have this mindset of, oh, I need, I need to why are you leaving? Family. Yeah. Why are you leaving the group yeah. to f just leaving the bucket type situation. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like that is a big one. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that one. I know, I mean, even people who actually go to school, go off to college, they still feel guilty. And, you know, things happen in families. So, like, people pass, people mm -hmm. get sick, people end up in these situations. And when you, I've seen a lot of kids where they were like, I got to go back home. Mm -hmm. And they end up coming back home, and then they're stuck. They they can't leave anymore, and then they they sacrifice their own 
careers and possible happiness for taking care of people who can take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and the people let them do it. You know, so they let them do it because they want to feel like that this person is not leaving them behind. Yeah, there's something it's about, about them. It's not about anybody yes, else. It's something about saying, okay, well, when you make it, remember I was there with you the whole way. It's mm. it's it's a lack of trust and it's a lack of instillment or of trust in your instillment. If you, it, I'm speaking to the parents out there. Parents if your child children are wanting to go away, you have to trust your raising. This is the point where you have to let them take the test. Mm -hmm. You raised them. You prepared them for these moments. You have to let them take the test. If they fail, if they flounder, if they fall, guess what? They can always come back home. But you got to let them try. It's better for them to try in a safe environment where they're in a dormitory, not having to pay rent and all these things. Then you let them try in, a, in their first apartment. And True. now they got an eviction on their record and every damn thing else. Yeah. You got you to let them... Let them go. Yeah. Let them learn. Yeah. Let them s figure out individuality. Let them yeah. go. Yeah, like what like the word says, train up a child in the way it should go. And if 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 you have done it right, they will not yeah. depart from yeah. whatever you're training and you're raising is. I tell you what, when I went up to college, I, I, mean, I mean, obviously, you know, you go off and you you you, you learn things and you, you deal with this newfound independence and freedom and... You, you might indulge in things you might not have done in school, but on, when you were living at home, but you still remember your upbringing, and mm -hmm. you don't stray too far from that. Nope, and you still think apple oh, don't fall too far from yeah, the tree. you know. So it's the people, the people who would wild out. Those are people who probably never they they might have been raised in the wrong or way, was, or they, they were so sheltered. They was definitely sheltered. They was to where they their didn't parent even was act. trying to clamp down on them so much because mm -hmm. the parent did not trust them. Exactly. So now that they have their freedom, they finna do whatever they want to do because they grown yeah. now. And this is the thing. It's like, like it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. It always is. It's like a dog. You keep a dog in a cage their whole life. The second you let them out, they finna do all the tricks they finna go everywhere right. you better have them on a leash cause they running the fuck away they gone they gone cause they got to see they got to see what is outside of this cage uh -huh. they have been thinking about it every day while they in this cage every yeah. day just the cage life. how many houses you been to it's like don't open that door cause the dog gonna run out and yeah. he ain't coming back yeah it's probably he ain't coming back probably cause he don't never get to go outside for yeah and then the thing about it is like for my father well for me when it was time for me to go to school, I got accepted into CMO. I wanted to go to CMO. I wanted to go there too, actually. My daddy said no. <laughs> he said I was not going to any school that was in the state of Missouri. Mm, okay. It was not an option. Hmm. I was also dating a guy at the time. My daddy was like, hell no. Ooh. You finna break up with him too. Dang. That happened. Dang, Pops. He was not playing. He was like, no. Because he knows me in my heart. He was like, you get too connected to things. And you get to, your heart is too soft. And you'll just be like, well, you know, I don't want to. He said, you need to go somewhere where you know nothing. And that where therefore. So how did that conversation go with the boyfriend? Like, my daddy said, I got to break up with you. Man, let me tell you something. I had to sabotage that relationship. <laughs> you had I did. He know it, too. <laughs> If you ever listen to this podcast, you don't really, really fool with electronics. Shout like out that. to High School Bay. Listen. Friend uh, <laughs> of the podcast. Oh, my God. I purpose, <laughs> I sabotage. I had to lie on that relationship. Oh, I was. Man. It was so traumatizing. I lied to him and told him I cheated on him for him to what? break up with me. 
Yeah, I told him I kissed another no. guy. I did. I did a fucking terrible thing. Oh, that it man was... got trust issues to this day because of that. No, nah, he found out I lied. Okay. But that, they, they don't change how you felt in the moment, though. It, do, it didn't, but it was wrong what Dang. I did. I got listen, Ooh. I got to tell the truth now. You I can't went, just you be... Went, you, get, you just stuck the dagger in the heart. You didn't because even... Because nothing else would have worked. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I could just be like, well, I'm going to go away to school. He would have been like. Okay, I'm going too. Exactly. He was like, I cheated on you. <laughs> oh, man. And then he was like, you cheated on what? me? How? Oh, his heart. I didn't even know. I, I feel his heart I didn't even know what chest. to say. I was making up stuff as I went. I was like, he was like, well, how did you cheat on me? Oh, I was no, like, he was, oh, man. He wanted more detail. He was a Virgo. Of course he wanted Ooh, more detail. Lord. He wanted, and he wanted to understand. I said. Uh, I kissed another guy. Um, he was like, "Who's this guy?" I was like, "Oh my god, why do you have so many questions? I don't know. I'm making this up as I go." Oh my goodness! Like I still don't even remember everything that I said at the moment. You brought up something that was one of the things that I talked to, that I had down for why people are deterred from going to school was relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, we get in these relationships in high school and Who, baby? you know these summer relationships. You know, before I go, we go off to school, and then we don't want to leave those people. No, like we don't. We don't want to. leave. And don't let the person, cause like my, cause you know, I was, uh, I was skipped up. Okay. I yeah. was, you know, I was supposed to be class in 05, but I was in 04. Okay. So the guy I was talking to, we were the same age at the time, mm-hmm. but he was in 05 with everybody else who was my damn age. Right. And so. um that whole notion of leaving somebody behind. Like, it's not even like, oh, well, you can come too and we can go together because yeah. you literally have to wait a whole another 365 uh-huh. days before this is even a, an option for yeah. you. Would you encourage people to get in, like kids to get to getting relationships before they go off to college? <sighs> what you say about that? I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. Yeah. I don't feel that you should be stagnant to one relationship, though. Like at that it, age, it, no. I feel like, I feel like, um, that's a tough one. It's a tough one, because I I definitely know some people. Because I know some people who have met their forever person yes, in high school. I have school, actually two family members, and they and, of family that and it worked very well for them. But I also know some people who have been with somebody from high school and it has been the shittiest shit, the shittiest <laughs> shitty this shit. And they just yeah. shitting along this shittiest shit still to this day, just shit, shit, <laughs> shitty it's shit. It's still terrible. And they just hold on. It's never recovered. But they're just holding on because it's been so long. Yeah. That I don't agree with. Just yeah. because you've known somebody forever does not mean you hold on to them. If that is not a good. But if you don't have any other parameter of what a relationship is, it's hard for you to let go of that because you don't know anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So, I understand that. I, 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 so let me picture myself in a situation with my children. Picture it. So my daughter says, I'm going, I want to go to college, but I got this boyfriend mm. and we really like each other. You're going to be really like my daddy. Each other. What I would tell her is if your relationship is going to work, it will work regardless of where you go. Oh, you're so well adjusted. Let me tell you what my daddy said. He wasn't well adjusted. God rest his soul. Uh, he said, daddy, I really love him. No, the hell you don't. 
You don't even know what the yeah. hell love is. You don't even love yourself. Okay. My so daddy that. was so, my daddy was so, he said, you don't even love yourself. He said, but I love you. I love you enough to tell you finna get the hell up out of here. There you go. But I mean, I would tell, <laughs> I would tell my daddy, daughter, hey. Dad, that sucks. You need, what, what are your goals in life? What is it that you want to accomplish? All right. This is, these are the things you're going to do because you want to accomplish these goals. If that relationship is going to work, it will work no matter where you go. Yeah. And you don't have to be close. You can be close and break up. You can be far away and break up. It don't. That if that doesn't, person is going to be, that person is going to be solid with you. They will they gonna be, be solid, solid with you, with you no, no matter, matter what. what. That's right. Don't, don't allow a relationship in her case. Don't allow another boy to make you change your, your plans in life. Follow your plans in life. And if you all are meant to be, you all will end up right back where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know? And I would tell the same thing to my boys. Don't, don't make decisions for your life based on people. Make them based off of yourself. Mm-hmm. Until you have kids, then you have to make your decision based off your children. But until you start having kids, you need to make sure that your decisions that you're making in life are based on your goals. What are your goals? And I think that's what we spend the time with our kids now, being at the age they are younger, elementary school, middle school, is figuring out what their purpose and their passions are in life so that we can use those things to keep them mode, fo- focused going forward. Yeah. Like you're going to college because of this. We have established that this is what you really want to do in your life. Not that I told you to do, but we've done all these activities throughout your life. And this is where you found the most enjoyment, most fulfillment at. This is what you want to do. Keep your eye there. Yes. Because if your eye stays there, then everything else will follow. But if you keep your eye somewhere else, if you keep your eye on a person, People change. Mm-hmm. Say, for instance, you know, I'm talking to my sons now. Say, for instance, you love that girl. Y'all been together throughout whole high school. You get to college and she break up with you. Because it's a whole nother crop of yeah. men in college. Or maybe she's younger, like your, like your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the, your sibling other is one year younger. And you go off to school or you stay here. And then that year, her senior year, she says, I don't think we should be together anymore. Now you didn't didn't sacrifice a year of your life because of this person when they and they hadn't even got to a place where they were ready to make that commitment yet either. It's worse if you if you wait, just go to school, do your thing, whether it's military, whether it's trade school, don't whatever your choice is. Just make sure this even it it could be a job that you're getting right out of high school that may entail for you to travel. Like say for instance, you're a person and you decide you're going to be a flight attendant or something like that. Whatever it is that you have your mindset on, don't let things like that deter you because if it's meant, it's meant. Exactly. Exactly. Do you regret the experience of making family history? What do you mean? Do you like regret? being like one of the first people to graduate in my yeah. in my family? So you- I wasn't the first. It was I was a hands a handful of us. Um, but I think was I the first? My family is so big, so I don't even know. I could have been the first in my generation or one of the first. Um, but do I regret it? No, I actually. I, my my experience in my family was so positive that I don't know. I I don't feel any pressure. If anything, I felt like everybody supported me. Mm. I never felt like they put pressure on me. I never felt like people thought I was better than them. I never felt any of those the negative things that came from going to school and graduating. 
I've always been like people always looked at me like, oh dang, Dion, he he did it. He that's a smart guy. And you know, my cousin this or my cousin that or my brother this or my you know nephew or or niece or, or not niece. I ain't no, I ain't no woman. Uh, my nephew uh, did this or my grandson did this. Like I always got that, and so I don't really feel any negative emotions behind it. Um, I don't feel like it was a burden. Hmm. If anything, I feel like okay, now I can talk to my kids like okay. You know, now I kind of believe I feel the same way. Everything, you know, your kids don't necessarily have to go to college. My thing is they have to have a plan. Yeah. I want you to have a plan. I agree with that a thousand percent. Okay, so we're going to, while you're, you know, my sons are six and four, my daughter's 12. While we are growing up, we're going to be doing activities and getting involved in things to see what it is that you want to do. You know, I'm studying my kids. Absolutely. I'm looking at them. I'm looking at how they react to certain things. I'm looking at what they find enjoyment in. I'm, I'm like, okay. Okay, my son, my son Tony, he loves cooking. He wants to be a chef. Now, it's funny because my mom, when I was younger, she always said, that's one thing you will never be as a chef. Because in her era, that's all black people could do. Mm -hmm. Black men could either be chefs or you can be a housekeeper Mm. in her her generation. So she vowed, like, my children will never be housekeepers and my children will never be chefs. Now... I think that was a little extreme because, you know, chefs, it's a good job. That just reminds me of Coco. Coco. Oh. <laughs> no music. No music. Yeah. <laughs> so my son is funny because he wants to be a chef. Yeah. And so I think, okay, let me get him involved in some cooking classes, some child cooking classes. Let me let him help me in the kitchen. He enjoys doing all this stuff. Right. You know, and so now I'm, that's, I'm not, I know that's somewhere to push him. I notice how athletic he is and how much he likes to run. Okay, let me get you in baseball. Maybe ba- you your things you do well. Baseball seems to be your sport. Or my son Torin, he likes to. He's a rough one. He likes to run and he loves running. Like okay, let me get you in track or let me get you in soccer. Or let me get you in football in the future. Not when they're young, you know. Or martial arts. My daughter, she's a she's a bookworm. She likes to. She's very creative and imaginative. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me get her involved in something where she can. Maybe, you know, at the time, dance. Dance didn't work out for her. Um, but something artistic or something where she can use her brain to do stuff, like robotics mm-hmm. or coding. Like, she's into that type of stuff. That's you know? dope. So I pay attention to those things because... That's dope, I don't, little lady. I want, I want to be able to add some value to where they're going after high school. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's college, you want to go to college because you want to do this because this is what you have enjoy. enjoy. It's not about just going to college. I, we, we, me and you probably went to a school with a lot of people that were like, I'm just here. Yeah. Because that's where I was told I, sh- I had to go or mm-hmm. I should go. So you got a lot of undecided majors when they get to college. They sit there wasting all this time and money yeah. because they had no idea why they were there. Or they were sent there by their parents. It was yeah. so many people who was like, my mama said I had to come here Yeah. for at least one semester. And you never see them ever again. Yeah, you never see them again. You're wasting all that time. You know. So right now, I'm going to take my time to really get to know my kids so that they so we can come up with a plan on what they want to do when they graduate, you know, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't necessarily regret um, making family history, but it wasn't easy. I hated the whole "oh, you a college girl." I hated that shit. <laughs> I'm the same motherfucker. Stop doing that. Uh-huh. Like, don't do that to people, y'all. Stop it. Yeah, oh, you. A co- I hate that. But it's like I said, it says something about themselves. It's not yeah. so much you. It's that. But I hated, I hated all of that. I hated to be the trigger. I hated to be the the, the my my 
friend, Monica always says, the sun. I hate it to be the sun to shine light on your imperfection. I don't want to be none of it. I just want to mm-hmm. do this one little thing, and I don't want it to cultivate all of these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I hate the whole process of the generational breakdown of the curses. I cannot stand it. So much. Yeah. So much. And I just be... <sighs> My introverted self just be like, you know what? <laughs> How can I escape from here? How? Yeah. I'm just going to go back to school. That's why being away is good. I love being away. I'm telling you. That's I, why I was like, you know what? I'm going back to Alabama. I told my kids, y'all need to get away. <laughs> y'all getting out of here. Y'all going far, far away. Yeah. Far, far away. So I have somewhere to go visit. I yep. want one, Maybe one of y'all go to California. One of y'all go to Florida. My um, know. My sister's little brother. So he's like my little brother. He went to Hawaii. Ooh. Yes. That was one of my options. He's so dope. He went to Hawaii. He graduated. He got a degree um, in um, Japanese. Um, no, it's a Chinese. Chinese. Uh, Chinese. Just learning how to. And he got a major. He majored in Chinese. Is he the Chinese or Mandarin or Japanese or something like that? Okay. And right now he's overseas. He lives in Japan and he teaches. In Japan. He teaches Chinese in Japan. He teaches English. Oh. <laughs> obviously. I'm like, why would you learn Chinese? Because you need to, to be Japan. able to you need to be able to translate. You said he's teaching English. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because you have but Chinese. you still have to know how he was first in China. Okay. And then All he right. moved from China to Japan. I'm like, wait a minute. That's like me learning German. So I don't know if it was Mandarin up. he learned or something. Gotcha, gotcha. But he started in China and okay. then now he's in Japan. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because he likes Japan. <laughs> Japan is a lot cleaner, no disrespect. Oh, man. The air quality is a lot better. Really? I yes. don't know much about those places. I've never been. I've never been either, but I know somebody that's there. That's so dope to me. That it's like, I know somebody who lives in Japan. Like that, huh. and you know, and a lot of times it's like that's the thing. You know what I mean? I love vision. He, he was able to break that barrier, be somebody who moved out of the country and worked out of the country. Like, that's a whole nother barrier that was mm-hmm. broken. So I thought that was pretty dope. Um, I kind of wanted to leave off with, uh, you got another question? I got one more. Sure, go ahead. Okay. One more question is, uh, what do you think that you have gained from the experience and that has helped you help your fl- your family line? Uh, I think, my experiences in college helped me to, I have a realistic, I have a different perspective of life um, because I wasn't one of those kids that went to school and like lost my mind. I, I had a lot of responsibility when I was in school. Um, and so it, it kept me grounded. And I also say my upbringing kept me grounded too, but being, making sure, uh, um, I feel like God giving me responsibility in school, whether it was playing football or whether it was working or whether it was uh, trying to um, get my grades up, or it was always something that I was trying to do that made school my primary focus. Um, so the the after after party life or the party life wasn't really that high on my party list. I did those things, but it wasn't high. Um, I think having those responsibilities kept me um, grounded and making sure that I was I stayed close to who I am. Um, and so with that, when I talk to younger people about college experience i always talk about what life like when i talk about life like life is going to come college is like that bubble you get to go to it's like 
it's like okay, say for instance, you know, outside is poisonous. Oh, right? like COVID. Yeah, so COVID <laughs> is poisonous, right? And Perfect you're in a house. You're in a house, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of going strictly, instead of going from outside to the from inside to the outside, there's a bubble that you go to first. Like a mask. Yeah, it's just like okay, let's just go in this bubble. Let me let me teach you all what life is like, but you're still protected. That's what college is. College is you experiencing Small. life, yeah. but in a bubble. It's like because you still say, for instance, you know, you got your dorms, right? That's your room and board, but you get financial aid. You know, so financial aid pays your bills. Yeah. So you still, you still get, you still paying your bills, and you still understand the concept that things are not free. Yeah, it's you still cost. understand. You got a meal plan. You got to pay for. You got um. You got to get gas for your car. You got to get groceries. You got to pay for electricity and cable in your dorm. Um, and if you get an apartment, you really learn it. But you know, you learn the idea of insurance and um, internet and all that stuff, and and making sure that you it's certain things you learn, but you learn it in a bubble to where you're protected. And I feel like when people and don't get in a job, a lot of people, that's their first time getting a job. Yeah. It's work study programs uh-huh. and stuff like that, living on campus. And so and it, it allows you to still, it, it allows you to walk slowly into life compared to just saying, okay, after high school, all right, I'm just going to give you a job somewhere. And now you in it. Now you in life. And life is hard. Hell yeah. Yeah, life is tough at that time. When you're 18, you're trying to grow and you're trying to learn who you are. And then you got to experience life too. Ooh, I don't you. want no parts of that. So Life I, happens I, while you're planning shit. Yeah, so I always encourage people. I encourage people to go to college, but I also encourage them to go there with a purpose. Like, don't go there just because yes. to go there. If you don't have a plan, if you don't yeah. have a reason why you're going there, if you haven't searched and said, this is what I want to do, uh-huh. and what I want to do requires for me to get a degree uh-huh. in order to do it, then I don't encourage people to go to yeah. college. Yeah. Um, even if that is what you're trying, like, if you have a desire, you want to break a generational curse or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I understand that because that was something I wanted to do. Yeah. But I also wanted to have a degree because I wanted to do what I wanted to do in life. Therapy requires for me to have a degree. Yeah. So even though I did want to do something that was merely for my family, I also put myself in a substantial amount of debt Yeah. for a purpose that also served me as well true yeah i i understand that i agree with that um so, yeah i mean so, if you're like if you're people if you're like myself where you went to school and you had a plan and then they all went to shit then you had to figure it out that's because that happens a lot that happens too i went to school thinking that i was going to be a doctor i was my, i went to school to be a pediatrician and i wanted to possibly play the nfl and both of those dreams failed miserably within the first school year and so I had to regroup. I had to figure out, okay, what am I going to do with my life? What do, What is my passion? What do I enjoy? And I fiddled around until I found, you know, the path that I went on. And even then, I still hadn't didn't know what I was going to do. And so you don't have to know 100% of what you want to do. Just have an idea of where you want to end up. Just know enough to take the like, first you may step. Not know, you may not know the, the position you want, but what does that position entail that you're looking for? Is that Martin Luther King? What? Oh, yeah, you don't have to see the entire stairway to take the first step. Exactly. I don't know if that was Martin, was that Martin Luther King. I think so. Or something. Yeah, else. you know. Correct me in the comments. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's me what... answering that question, um, I feel that my experience um, helped my uh, family line by, 
I had several cousins that went to college after me. My nephew, who was born when I was in high school, is currently at uh, starting. Well, he's currently finishing his second. Uh, well, his he's on his second year at Mizzou right now. Okay. Um, I was able to be able to give him a lot of advice because he knew he wanted to be an engineer from a very early age. So I was able to give him once my sister knew that that's what he wanted to do. She had never been to college at the time. She's since then been to college and right now is completing her um, paramedics license, which is dope as fuck. Shout out to my sister. And um, um, when he was making those decisions, she didn't know what to do, but she had me. She uh-huh. was able to call me, hey, I don't know how this goes. I don't even know what steps you have to take for college or to get a kid into college or to get them the best things that they were. And I was able to give him that. I was able to tell him about things that I didn't know when I went. I was able to tell him, hey, you know, you can do um, um, you can do um, AP courses or you can, you can uh, clep classes. You can do this. You can do that. You can get dual credit. You can do this. You can get scholarships from here and there, whatever the case may be. Um, you need to fill out your FAFSA. You can take the ACT or the ACT or the SAT as many times as you want. You want to take it as much as you possibly can because they're going to just take the highest score. It's not going to know how many times. All those things that I didn't know, I was able to do that. And to be able to see my nephew like go to school practically free was everything. Mm. Worth every goddamn penny that I have to pay back. It's not because it's fucking ridiculous. Nobody should be paid. <laughs> <laughs> but the sentiment is there. But I still don't think none of us should have to pay for school. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. Yeah. yeah get yeah. on. Get to it, Biden. Yeah. <laughs> you so, said it. What do I need to send these these uh, bills to? You said it. Mary yeah. Mary said it. You said it. <laughs> it's true. Um. I kind of I had something at the end, but I feel like we need to dedicate a, maybe a whole podcast to this. And this this is like resources in terms of for kids who are, you know, thinking about going to college. You know, the mm-hmm. different resources that you have to get there. You know, especially saving money. Um, one of the programs that I learned about after high school um, was the A plus program. Yes, that's a, a part of A plus yep. is a great program that most high schools have yep. to where they will if you're a part of the program you do certain activities with the with the organization you keep your GPA up to a certain degree I think it's I think the GPA is 2.75 I believe uh-huh. it might have went up since then I don't know um, but you keep that GPA and you, they, they will pay for you to go to community college for two years and then you can go to any college of your choosing after that for free um, so they will pay for you to go to college if you're a part of that program. And let me tell you something: ain't nothing wrong with that choice. Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. To think, especially if I look at all the money that I owe um, the yeah, government. Man, I wish I do that. Yeah. So you got that. Um, really research that into your school. If you come from a school like you know we came from, where you had to go and seek the information, like the counselors weren't really giving you that information, then you go do that. You go into ask them, hey, what is this program? I want to be involved in it. Um, I think you have up until maybe your junior year to to get involved in it maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, you got that. There's also a program in St. Louis called Sky's the Limit, 
And these are for, I think it's young ladies, um, young African-American women mm -hmm. who, if you're a part of this program, you are able to, I think it's brought, it's, it's by Matthew Dickies. Okay. Um, um, Boys and Girls Club. But I think it's a scholarship that's awarded for young ladies in the St. Louis area. Um, we'll, we'll give you scholarships to go to school, to go to college of your choosing. Um, you also have the AIM High program. Okay, yeah, AIM um, High. Which um, I'm, I'm learning about a little bit now. Um, it's a good program for your younger people who are trying to figure out, you know, what, what college they want to go to or what they want to go to school for. They kind of teach them certain tricks and, and strategies for um, just what they need in order to get there. Um, gives them the, the feel of a college life at a young age. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I know once you get to college, you also have TRIO, which really supports African-American students, um, minority students as they're in school. Um, I did, I did TRIO a few, a little bit in my freshman year, but I really didn't get involved in it too much, but that is a resource that's on most college campuses. So um, along with scholarships, you know, United Negro College Fund, um, yeah, fast mo up. most businesses in the world today have some type of scholarship. So just think of any business you can think of and go on the line. They got scholarships, scholarships for anything. Yeah, go on McDonald's.com, Taco Bell. Left-handers. Uh, Papa John's had a scholarship. Um, sometimes your high school might have a scholarship. I was the first uh, recipient of the Corey Seaver Memorial Scholarship. Were you really? Yeah. Dope. And so... Um, rest in peace to Corey Rest Siebert. in peace to Corey Seaver. Great guy. Great guy. Um, I love his family. Um, Jocelyn... Um, um, Drew, friends of the podcast. Yeah, friends of the podcast. You know, you all are in my prayers, and I'm forever grateful that you all Absolutely. allow me to be the first recipient of that scholarship. Um, that they still are holding, um, they still give scholarships for to this day, and they even even named a whole track meet after him as well. So I'm um, in the St. Louis area. They kind of did some of the same things. Is this a Ryan Hummer got a yeah, scholarship? A, I think too. so. Yeah, Ryan Hummer as well. Rest in rest in heaven to yes. um, that brother. Um, as well so those are some organizations and some programs that you can take advantage of to help you get to your goal of going to college if that's your choice also one thing that I would if I could do it all over again what I would do differently um, like Corey um, like like I'm thinking Corey Siebert I'm sorry <laughs> like Tony is saying um, the a plus program and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, you can take you can take college courses while you're in um, in high school. In high school, yeah. you can get them for dual enrollment. Dual enrollment is big. Yeah, like if you're taking if your first two years of college is like high school plus. Pretty much, it's like you got Disney and Disney plus. It's like high school plus. So if you're if you're taking uh, uh, AP classes or whatever the case may be, you can almost qualify those for dual enrollment mm -hmm. and get college credit for those classes. So therefore you're not going to college and doing the same thing over and over again. That's one going to save you some money. And two, if you do, if you play your cards right, you can walk up out of high school with an associate's degree. Okay. That's number one. Number two, second thing I would have did differently is take advantage of trade schools. Because mm -hmm. taking advantage of a trade school while you're in high school will also give you a trade that you can keep with you for the rest of your life, give you the ability to um, obtain gainful employment while you're working through college if you are someone who is not got a lot of support. 
and your um, choice is going to have to be working. So say, for instance, if you are a young lady who is very gifted with your hands and you want to be a, well, you have the ability to do hair. Taking some time out to get a cosmetology license while you're in high school may bode you very well while you're in the dormitories Mm -hmm. and you are help doing people's hair to pay for your schooling. Yeah, black girls need their hair done before the party. And if you in that and if you in that dorm, that's that's listen, yep. we had a whole salon in our dormitory mm-hmm. for the for the um uh, the um students who lived in the dorms just to have a place to do their hair. That's yep. a free chair. Right. That's a free chair and you got the skills. That's a come You're on. No man. Booth rent. If I could do it all over again, I would have did that. Yeah, I would have learned how to do something. I it definitely because I definitely was one of the guys like, man, who can cut my hair? I need, I need a lining. Listen, I told my nephew that in um, he when he graduated from high school, he had quite a few, quite a bit of uh, college credits. Um, he did the A plus program and he had a, a two um, trades when he walked out of high walked out of Summit. Really? Yeah, and and that's only because like I was telling him, I was like, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Hear me out. He like, TT, I won't do all this. Listen to me. Listen to me. Save you some money. Hear me out. Because that's going to prevent them from saying, oh, well, you 19, I can give you the bare minimum of money. Oh, yeah, I'm 19, but I have credentials. Right. So respect the fact that I, even at my young age, I took um, going into the workforce seriously and I prepared myself. So please don't disrespect me on this paycheck. Right. Because that's important when you're talking about making a difference between being able to pay for your schooling and borrowing for your schooling. Right. Absolutely. Um, So what's our affirmations for this week? Affirmations for this week are as follows. You ready? I am ready. First affirmation is I pave the way in all that I do. I pave the way in all that I do. I pave the way in all that I do. Second affirmation is, the choices that I make are to better me no matter what anyone thinks. The choices that I make are to better me no matter what anyone thinks. The choices that I make are to better me, no matter what anyone thinks. Nobody wants to see us together. <laughs> we don't matter. I'm hollering. I don't know why that song popped on here. I ain't <laughs> heard that song in so long. I might play it tonight before I go to bed. Okay, Akon. Akon. <laughs> and last but not least, I enjoy every opportunity to learn and grow. I enjoy every opportunity to learn and grow. I enjoy every opportunity to learn and grow. And those are your affirmations for this week. Those are the affirmations of the week. So those are great. And um, I actually, this is probably the first time where I felt all three of them hit me. And so I can't wait to sit. I can't wait to sit with them to see which one speaks to me more over this week. Um, so the journal prompt this week, in the spirit of what we talked about today, 
um, in terms of our children and first-generation college students. Um, what can you do today to prepare your children for post-high school life? So I guess I'm singling out the parents this week. Um, even if it's not your children, what are some things you can do to prepare the youth that you have a hold on? So maybe you're not a parent, but maybe you're a mentor. Maybe you are an auntie or uncle and you have kids that look up to you, that look to you for guidance. What can you do today to prepare those children for post high school life? And I really want you to think about that because our youth really need our guidance. That's what we're here for. We are here to guide the generation under us and 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 they guide the generation under them. That's how we grow as people. It's how we grow as a society. And so we need to take that very serious. We're not just living for ourselves. We're living for other people as well. Um, and so I want you all to take a chance, take a, a moment to this week to really reflect on what you can do to really further the next generation when it comes to post high school life. Okay. And um, last thing I want to say before we close on out um, for the resource for this week, it's not necessarily a resource again, but it's more so um, a request or an announcement. Um, if you are in the greater St. Louis area, um, there is a great call and a need for bigs with the Big Brothers and Big Sisters organization. Um, in pairing with what we're talking about today, I would like to encourage you, if you do not have anyone like uh, Tony was talking about today, um, to impart your wisdom to or to give um, the lessons Give the give the give give your lessons down to, um. Sh just going on over the big brothers and big sisters. They are dying for bigs. They are dying for people to um to um give some some encouragement, some wisdom to some of these littles out here. Mm. Yes, that's a, a a great organization that really they do a lot of great work, and yes. those kids really need um support. Yes. So if you can, you know, if you can squeeze out some time to to get involved, then please do. But if you can't, get involved with someone that you know, yeah. whether it be a child, um, a kid in the neighborhood, um, mm -hmm. a niece or nephew, a cousin, um, someone who's just two or three years younger than you that you know. Um, you know, sometimes you can give wisdom to one of your homeboys. True. One of your homegirls. Just give it. Mm -hmm. Don't hoard it. If you got it, give it. Don't hoard it. All right, y'all. I love y'all. All right. Well, I am Tony Gillen, licensed professional counselor. And I am Ankara, the love guru. And you all have a blessed week. Yes. We will see you all next week. Peace, love, and light. Bye. Bye.